Hi, I'm Rob. Tale number 19, Magnificent Beings. My sister was living in Hawaii, and my family and I went to visit her. We did all the things you do there. We went to a volcano, we went snorkeling, we ate lots of food. She lived on Oahu and had been wanting to visit Maui, so we did that while we were there. And it happened to be the time of the year when humpback whales were migrating. So my sister booked us for a whale-watching trip. The day of the trip came, we got up, and I really wasn't feeling it. There were going to be a lot of people on the boat, and it just seemed like it would be a draining experience, so I didn't go. A few hours later, when my family returned, my sister walked in and said, You are an idiot. I can't believe you missed that. And I won't let you miss that. So we booked another whale-watching tour tomorrow, and you're going. So the next day, I went whale-watching. The boat was crowded. I was skeptical and probably kind of annoying because I felt I was being dragged out there against my will. The boat took us just a little ways offshore, not far at all. And then the first whale breached the surface of the water, and all hesitation vanished. Its head was just poking out of the water. I don't think it was looking at us, but we could see it very clearly. And then it went back under, and they turned the motor off on the boat, which I believe was the law when whales were nearby, and we sat there and watched them. There were five or six whales near the boat that we got to watch. Sometimes you would see their head come out of the water, sometimes a fin, sometimes a tail slap, and every now and then they would do like this huge jump where almost the whole animal would be out of the water. It was incredible. And as I sat there watching these whales, this feeling came over me. I guess it was like a combination of joy and wonder, and it had less to do, I think, with actually seeing these gigantic animals just a few feet away. That certainly had something to do with it. But more than that, the longer we were there, I realized I was witnessing this secret world that I usually had no access to. It was just a remarkable experience to see these magnificent beings simply living their lives and doing what they do. And doing it while paying very little attention to us humans watching them. I don't want to be naive and say our presence had no impact on them. I think if we could talk to the whales, they would prefer that we weren't there. My point is, this was not about some connection between the whales and myself. This was the whales doing what they do every year, migrating, being together. I just happened to be in a position where I could witness it. Anyway, it was a special day. I loved it, and I am obviously grateful that my sister forced me to go. In the years after that experience, it occurred to me that it was possible that I would never see anything like that or have that feeling again. And then I had a lesser version of it when I saw this moose in Michigan. It was nothing like the experience with the whales, but there was a hint of that feeling that I was witnessing something special. And when discussing that with someone and comparing it to the humpback whales, I realized there was a movie scene that depicted something similar. From that point forward, I started calling my experience with the whales a Jurassic Park moment. I'm talking about the scene where they see the Brachiosaurus for the first time. You know the one. Alan, this species of veriformin has been extinct since the Cretaceous period. I mean, this thing is a hunt this thing. Why?
it's it's a dinosaur. I feel like you could put that music over my experience with the whales, and it would fit perfectly. So I kept going through life, you know, I guess hoping I would have another Jurassic Park moment, but it didn't seem like something you could really plan for. And if you had told me at that time that I would never experience another Jurassic Park moment, I would have totally believed you. That's not what happened. I did have another Jurassic Park moment in a place you probably aren't expecting. I know I wasn't. So I was living in Athens, Georgia at the time. One of my best friends, Hannah, had just died. It hit me really hard. I was spending a lot of time alone in my house, and I was looking for things to do to get out more, and a friend sent me this post about something called Frogwatch. Frogwatch is a nationwide citizen science project where people learn to identify frogs by their call, and then they do surveys of wetlands in their area. They collect data about what species of frogs are calling and the frequency in which they're calling. And then they enter that into a database. So it's a way to monitor local frog populations in places across the U.S. It sounded great to me, so I signed up, and I got trained, and within a month, I was out with my local frog watch group listening to frogs. I met some people very quickly that I liked a lot. One of them is my friend Erin. She knew way more about frogs than me. She's a biologist. She taught me a lot quickly, and pretty soon I was thinking about frogs all the time. The thing with frog watch is you usually don't see very many frogs. You monitor at night, and the frogs are usually calling from water, so it's difficult to see them. This is all about listening to their calls and simply writing down what species are calling. One night, after frog watch, Aaron asked me if I wanted to walk over and see if we could actually get a look at any of the frogs that were calling. It's about 10 p.m. We walked over to this spot, and this is not like the most beautiful place on earth. It's an awesome park. I went there all the time. I love it. But there's a major road right by it, and you can see the lights of cars zipping by. It's recently rained, and this is a floodplain, so there's lots of puddles and pools of water everywhere. And I remember my feet got soaking wet really fast, but it was fine, and we're walking through there. And then I hear this sound I've never heard before. That is an American toad. It's a male, only the male's call. If you live in the eastern half of the United States and you have a toad in your yard, there's a good chance it's an American toad. As soon as I heard it, that Jurassic Park moment feeling started to come over me again. And then more American toads started to call, and it got very special very fast.
There were probably about ten toads calling. Some were mating with females. There were eggs in the water that had just been laid. Some of the toads were actually laying the eggs while we were there. We were witnessing this yearly ritual that the toads go through, migrating to water and breeding. And just like with the whales, it wasn't seeing the animals or hearing them necessarily that made it so special. It was sitting there, getting to see them be who they are. This is what toads do. Normally, we don't get to see it. We have no access to it. And somehow I found myself in a position where I get to witness these magnificent beings doing whatever it is that they do. It's incredible. So yeah, that was my second full-blown Jurassic Park moment. There are some differences between this one and the one with the whales that I think are worth talking about. These were toads, not whales. And there was nothing very exotic about where I was. I was very close to my house. So I had accessed another invisible world, but this time it was right in my backyard, which made it feel almost more special than the humpback whales. Another interesting thing about this is I grew up in the eastern U.S. Everywhere I lived had American toads. I had certainly heard this sound before and just didn't know what it was. Without going to Frog Watch, without learning about frogs, without meeting Aaron and learning even more about frogs, this experience would not have been possible. It required that knowledge. First, I had to learn about them, and that put me in a position to appreciate them. And that had a big impact on me. Now when I wander around in nature near my house, it feels big and mysterious and wondrous. And I really like that. That was probably a good endpoint, but I want to say one more thing. Another thing about these Jurassic Park moments is I'm describing these feelings that I'm getting from nature that feel good. And I said it a little earlier, but I'll say it again. I do think it's very important to consider the beings that you are witnessing with the toads. I doubt that they wanted me there. And it's even possible that my presence caused harm. I'm not going to stop going out and witnessing nature, but I do try to minimize my impact. And if this episode inspires you to get out into nature more, I hope you'll do the same thing. If you're interested in actually seeing American Toads Calling, I have a video from the night I talk about. And then I also made a short documentary called The Puddle that features some calling American Toads. I'll put links to both of those videos in the show notes. Check them out if you're interested. Rob Tells Tales is produced by me, Rob Tiffin. I had some additional editing help from Ben Lamb. The cover art is by Marcella Johnson. She also came up with the title. The end credits music is by Poddington Bear. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and at robtellstales.com. This podcast would have not been possible without Ben, Marcella, and Melanie. Thank you, and thanks for listening.